This podcast is brought to you by Sinuate Media, guiding businesses through marketing technology challenges and opportunities to connect with current and new customers, offering web design, hosting, social media, public relations, and more. Sinuate Media, organic marketing at its best. More at S-I-N-U-A-T-E media.com. Welcome to the Homegrown Economies podcast, a program from the Las Cruces Green Chamber of Commerce in beautiful southern New Mexico. I'm Carrie Hamlin, the CEO and president of the Las Cruces Green Chamber. Homegrown Economies spotlights the economic impact to communities by local businesses, nonprofits, public lands, tourism, and the outdoor industry. Every two weeks or so, we will either profile locally owned businesses and talk about the creative ways that they have adapted to the pandemic, or we will spotlight those businesses or organizations that are connected to our public spaces and lands, the outdoor economy and tourism. And today on our program, we feature a dear friend, Colleen Boyd, who is the owner and founder of Downtown Desert Yoga, a locally owned yoga studio where offering classes for every type of body and ability has been key to their success. Opening in 2010, DDY, as you might hear us refer to, is, was one of the first yoga studios in the city, offering kundalini, hatha, restorative, yin yoga, and so much more. Colleen and her instructors talk quite a bit about optimal movement. And according to Colleen, it's a term they coined at DDY that sprang from their functional movement training philosophy. Folks at DDY want to get their students curious about how their body moves and then have them move in a way that feels right to them. And as somebody who's tried yoga, I can certainly attest to that because I am not a yoga person, much less feel comfortable doing it. But Colleen was one of the most supportive and and, uh, empathetic uh, yoga teachers I had in terms of understanding my abilities. And so, you know, during the pandemic, you know, like many businesses, Downtown Desert Yoga had to reevaluate what they were doing. And how they were going to achieve their goals. And we found that it's important for each business to kind of figure out what's best for them. And so we're going to hear all about that today as we talk with Colleen Boyd. Colleen, welcome so much to uh, to Homegrown Economies. It's nice to have you here. Nice to see your face. Thank you for having me, Carrie. I don't say it lightly or gratuitously. It's always a delight to chat with you. <laughs> yeah, same here. Well, we go back quite a bit and, and uh, have done a lot of things for the community together. You know, I, I think of... Uh, fondly of the poses and pasta event that we did for a mutual friend of ours and and how that really brought the community together and that's something that really has been kind of the underlying value for what you do as a business owner and as a business in the community many of the events that you've had that have been outdoor events during the pandemic have really been those that have tried to bring people together to help kind of support a greater good and so i'm really appreciative of that um and that we share that value it's really a great go ahead Mm-hmm. So you were an architect for many years. That's really when we first met was when you were an architect. And so tell me about like switching from that as a professional career to now being a yoga studio owner and teacher. What was that transition like for you? Well, I'm still a practicing architect and I like to keep one foot in that stream and the other foot in yoga and um the way the yoga studio came about was, um, I don't know, it was very organic. It wasn't something that I was looking for. A very dear friend of mine was in the process of shifting gears in her life, Kim Inman, and she was um, 
looking to essentially hand it off. And so another friend of mine and I said, hey, <laughs> we'd like to try that. And so we did. That was 11 years ago, which is kind of hard to believe. And here we are. So as I said, I try to keep at least a big toe in the water in architecture. You know, I was working part-time. I worked for an architect here in town by the name of Ted Shelton, who was incredibly generous to me to allow me as a working mom to work part-time. And so I did that for many years with Ted. And it also just provided as my son got older and you know the demands of that changed, it created a little bit of space so that I could start to nurture the yoga studio. And then it sort of took on a life of its own. And I put the architecture aside for a while. Um, and really nurtured this, got very clear about what we wanted this studio to be. Like there were, there were terms in architecture that I didn't really understand it at the time, but now that I look back, they were really informing the way I was running this business. And one of the terms that I used to use, that I still use quite a bit is, we have to make our yoga practice sustainable. So that term sustainability, of course, comes you hear it quite often in architecture, design, and construction. And I was practicing in a way that did not feel sustainable. And then, of course, the other term that is really much more important to me these days, and that is the one of accessibility. You know, for many years, I designed based on standards of accessibility. And now I've really been pushed by other people to um, make the practice of yoga more accessible for more people. And that's just what has informed and, you know, has been our passion here at Downtown Desert Yoga. Well, and I remember when this was first starting to, to be really kind of at the forefront of downtown desert yoga, because you and I had a conversation about it because I'm kind of that target audience of somebody. My wife is, is, is an longtime member of downtown desert yoga. And, um, and she is a strong, strong believer in yoga. And I'm one of those that's apprehensive just because of just the way that my body doesn't know how to move yet. And so you and I had that really, that conversation, like, what is it that makes it resonate with you? Mm -hmm. Um, to feel comfortable about yoga. And so, and that was a couple of years ago. And mm -hmm. so that's really moved ahead quite a bit for you in terms of making it accessible to everybody because of the, just the benefits that just the numerous benefits of yoga for people, regardless right. of your body size or your ability. Right. Because we hear all day, every day on, you know, through the media or um, print on TV, you know, we see ads of people doing yoga. We've heard how good it is for us. And the fact of the matter is there are just many people who don't feel comfortable because of the industry. And the industry is really, um, you know, it's changing. I will say, give everybody credit where credit is due. It's starting to change. But for many years, it was pretty much a female, white female, um, Business, you know, like, and you had to have a certain amount of money to do it. So what did that mean for us? And oof, we've been all over the charts 
trying to figure that out. But uh, one of the most important things to me was like, okay, well, if I'm going to change the way I teach, then I have to be able to teach other people to lead that way, right? Or to share optimal movement. And so we started the school about six years ago. And so that's been really instrumental in um, sustaining us as a studio and also, you know, on many fronts, whether it's just having instructors that I feel very comfortable with and actually saying that our instructors can lead and offer classes in this way. And then also just financially, it's a big piece of what sustains us. Well, do you find that there are a lot of people who want to be yoga instructors? No, not a huge number. And it's funny because, you know, at one point, I don't know, maybe about halfway through, we've been doing the teacher training about six years. And I can remember somebody saying, well, don't you feel like you're kind of flooding the market? And I'm like, you know, if at the end of these teacher trainings, I didn't have some folks to tap into and who had some interest in coming in and leading classes, I would have been in a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny to me how organic all of that is as well. So no, not a lot of people. And some people come to that training um, just simply for their own enrichment, right? They just come because they want to learn a little bit more about yoga, learn more about their body. Honestly, that program is more about, um, oof, it's less about teacher training and more about like just self-realization and kind of digging into yourself to see who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and with this, I mean, you know, yoga does seem to be predominantly occupied by women. Um, did you find that that was, and certainly, I mean, I know that a teacher that's very influential to you is, is male um, that you, you talk about a lot. Um, yeah. And um but with this, do you, I'm wondering, do you think it's, it takes a different approach just because there is predominantly women in this field who are, um, who are trying to help people get to those different points of, of, of benefiting from what their body can do and learning about what their limitations are, what their capabilities are, um, you know, and also as a woman owned business, mm-hmm. do you think that that's a, a, something that makes it very unique? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm understanding the question exactly, but um, I think in general, you know, women are, can be fairly nurturing, right? And so if they've done something that makes them feel really good, then they want to share it with other people. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why that the yoga industry has been fairly female dominated. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say for sure, but. Well, and, and, and maybe l- let me clarify it a little bit more just because, you know, in architecture um, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, architecture seems to be mm-hmm. it's getting there like most industries or most businesses or, or, or fields that were predominantly male. There are more no. women coming into those. And so you've had that experience as an architect um, and then you um, start a business that. Mm-hmm traditionally and not necessarily uh is required but traditionally is more more women dominated and so i'm wondering do you see have you seen any kind of like challenges differences or or 
lessons learned um, from how you operate in those two worlds? Well, I guess I can speak just based on being the minority in a male dominated field that when it was brought to my attention that we were excluding a good part of the population, you know, for whatever the reason was, whether is it whether it was other men or people of color or people of certain socioeconomic status, I want to say that like, you know, like the light went on. I was like, oh my God, like, okay, what can we do? What can we change? How can we address this? And so maybe it made me a little more aware and sensitive. And I think the industry in general is dominated by females. I'm just going to come back around to that. Uh, a lot of that is driven by the fact that we live in a very body aware world, right? Where we want to look a certain way. And so many people are were drawn and have been drawn to yoga because of the physical aspect of it and what it can do on that level. But really, <laughs> it's so much more than that. I mean, really, yoga is a lifestyle. And yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> well, when you started running DDY, um, and, you know, this was a business and, uh, you know, it was 10, 10 years ago and you had a business partner with that. Um, what were some of the lessons that you had in terms of running, running a business? Cause you, you, you have the building there. That's, that's really close to our downtown. It's part of our downtown area. Um, right. you know, and many Las Crucians will say, oh, that used to be the old Justin's building. That's kind of how, you know, when you're or Mary McGuire's dance studio, right. For like 25 and 30 years. <laughs> right. Um, and so it's a good building. It's got good bones and you've been able to. Yeah. Um, to put your aesthetic and your touch on it. And you can see that it's Colleen uh, in there just because of the warmth that you feel when you walk into the studio, not just physical warmth, but just emotional and psychological warmth that I think you get in there. But um, was it a, was it a, a rocky start? Was it, was it just something that. Oh no. So I just, I want to um, also give credit due. <laughs> I found a, family here in town, Leo Garcia and his family offered me space on the downtown mall early on and was very kind to work with me just to see if we can get things off of the ground and then, you know, kind of tiered the, the lease option for me. So I'm forever grateful that they were so generous on that front. And then, you know, it was really important to me as an architect to be part of the downtown revitalization, which was, you know, in its infancy back then, 11 years ago, they were talking about it a lot, but not a lot had happened. And as things turned out, um, I just felt like it would be better for us to have our own space, you know, like that made it more sustainable for us. If I could pay in mortgage payment, what I was, you know, close to paying in rent, it just made sense for us to try to look around. And that's what we did. We found this great little building over here. And it's just, you know, we actually are right there on the edge of the CBD. So we got lucky. We're right in the downtown limit still. So we can still say we're downtown desert yoga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, and I remember when you were up above on the second floor above yeah. uh, Crossroads Community Acupuncture mm -hmm. and Moss Art and all that. And so, yeah. um, you know, and it's it's been interesting to to watch this kind of this evolution 
of, I mean, not only knowing you as a friend, but just in terms of your, your development as a business owner and just your commitment to the community. Because, uh, you know, I was really excited when the monument was designated that you and, and uh, Jane over at Dwell Yoga were all about, let's do yoga on the monument. Let's celebrate our public spaces. Um, you've done yoga events for particular causes and people. Um, uh, Community of Hope, you did a, a yoga class that where donations came from that. And, and so, you know, do you, I know that's part of your own personal value, but do you, how do you feel about having giving back to the community as part of your business value? Oh, that is huge. It's huge. You know, I think that's one of the cool things about this community is, you know, even though it has grown a great deal, it still feels like a small town <laughs> on many fronts. And um, just the people that show up here time after time really um, allow me to feel like I've been able to create space to develop more community, like that sense of community, not, not just people coming together, but how it feels. And um, I'm really passionate about being able to take what we do here and go where people want us to be, you know, so we have developed relationships with Las Cruces Public Schools. We've done some work with FYI. We're actually in the process of doing some more work with Community of Hope and uh, Recovery Center here in town, Zia. And so that to me, like being able to have those relationships, like I love this studio, but really when I'm leading those classes outside of this space, Wow, that to me is really like, that's what nurtures me. <laughs> that's what makes me like come back time after time after time. Well, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a unseen perk. Uh, and it's not like any of us do it just to get, you know, the, the, the alkylates or anything like that. But it's just really this mm -hmm. lovely thing that happens when you have it as part of your value set to give back to other people. Mm -hmm. Well, it just feels good. And so when it feels good, like you just keep doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I know looking at the, the different types of classes and um, I always have to ask my wife, what are you doing right now when she's in the uh, <laughs> library floor uh, doing her Zoom yoga? She'll tell me that she's doing yin yoga or one of the others. And you've got Kundalini and Hatha and, uh, you know, the hot yoga and um, you know, with those classes, uh, you've talked a lot, of, you've talked about optimal movement. And so can you kind of share how you bring in optimal movement um, for somebody who doesn't know anything yes. about yoga? Um, you can you do a basic lay person's terms or explanation uh, on that? You bet. So in our studio, as opposed to creating aesthetic shapes, Right. So the idea that you might have about yoga is something that you've seen either on a magazine cover or in an Instagram post or you know, on TV. Like there are people that can create amazing, gorgeous shapes with their body. That's not what we do here. <laughs> and so um, 
if you know it doesn't mean that we can't practice those different styles of yoga what we're doing is we're just asking people to move their body well and to breathe like that is the essence of optimal movement and so there's a whole series of principles that i'm not going to get into now that underlie optimal movement right mm. and if you're curious about that, check out our YouTube channel. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just means that we acknowledge and understand that people have different anatomy, you know, like none of us are built the same. Most of us have limited range of movement in our bodies, even if we've been able to jam our body into particular shapes over the years that might not be sustainable. I speak from experience, you know, I had one of those bodies where I enjoyed doing gymnastics when I was younger. And so yoga was sort of this natural transition. And I continued to force my body into shapes that weren't appropriate for my anatomy. And as a result, I was dealing with chronic pain. Okay, that's a little weird. I'm a yoga instructor, and I'm in pain all the time. <laughs> something needs to change. And as you mentioned, I have an instructor, Sean Corneliuson, who was on a path of becoming a yoga therapist. And fortunately, he shifted the way he was teaching teacher trainings and the way he was practicing and gave me a whole lot of information and new tools that I could put into my tool belts. <laughs> No pun intended. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, I like right? about things. So yeah, that I awesome. could start to lead people, not, you know, not only did I have this passion, like, yeah, yoga is for anybody and everybody. And that felt like um, a little um, incongruent when I was saying it because I would have people in class and it wasn't feeling that way. But I was also experiencing pain. And so I had to unravel everything and put it all back together. Yeah. Well, and, I and so that's you, that's optimal movement. Yeah, and I remember you explaining it because it's it's really just kind of listening to what your body is telling you. Right, because most of us aren't listening to our body. We're listening to the instructor and we're wanting to please. We're wanting to please the instructor. We're wanting to create the shape. We want to look like the person next to us. Like there's a whole myriad of reasons why we might be forcing or not, like, you know, if it means that you're not even walking into a space to try things on, then, you know, how can you benefit from the practice? Yoga is really, to me, the practice of going within and starting to pay attention, get curious about what your body's telling you. Because as my instructor, Sean says, you know, like our body will whisper, it'll whisper, it'll whisper, and then it screams. Right. Right. So if we are ignoring it all the time, don't wait how can we the hear scream. the whispers? Yeah. Don't wait for the scream. Yeah. We don't want that. to get to scream. It's too late by then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember how excited when you started that journey with Sean, um, mm -hmm. because just your enthusiasm was just like, oh, my gosh, optimal movement, like listening to our bodies, you know, mm -hmm. doing what you're capable of doing, not doing what everybody else is doing. Uh, in the yeah. class because every single Oh my God, it was so liberating. And yeah. then I wasn't in pain. Like, you know, again, whether we're talking about community and what we do or in our yoga practice, if it feels good, then you just keep coming back to it. If it feels bad and we're in pain, that's not sustainable. I'm not going to come back. Yeah. I got to do something different. Right. 
<laughs> We're going to take a short break, Colleen. We'll be right back with Colleen Boyd, who is the owner and founder of Downtown Desert Yoga. This podcast is brought to you by the Partnership for Responsible Business, encouraging the development of sustainable communities through inspiring and empowering collaborative economic and community development, highlighting the connection between protected public lands and local economies, and by facilitating environmentally and socially responsible business. More information at prbnewmexico.org. are back with Colleen Boyd, the owner and founder of Downtown Desert Yoga. Colleen, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel, but, you know, it's hard to believe that it was over a year ago that all of a sudden everything changed. And mm-hmm. for businesses especially, um, there were, you know, we saw that businesses who were able to adapt and be flexible and kind of pivot are the ones that are still here today. And unfortunately, there are businesses all over Las Cruces, all over the state, all over the country, who are not able to do that for a number of reasons. But I'm wondering, you know, what did, when the pandemic started, you had to shift and I got to watch what you had to do just because my wife is, is one of your students. Um, But, you know, if you can kind of describe what you as a business owner at the time was like, all of a sudden we couldn't do anything in person. You know, what did you, what did you do? Yeah, well, as they say, these days we took a pivot (laughs) and moved to Zoom. You know, thank goodness, the ubiquitous Zoom, it it was really a godsend. It was one of those things that we had talked about doing in the past, like, oh, we should do pre-recorded stuff, or we should have an option where people can patch in virtually. Well, nothing like having the fire lit under your but to mm-hmm. get off of it. And so that's what we did. And it, it's only taken us a year to kind of figure out the audio and the video and all of the other technical aspects yeah. of it. And we're still kind of screwing around with it. <laughs> well, I think people are patient. Because they understand. They are, know. right? We were talking about that. Like the audio is not perfect. That's okay. What really what the pandemic has done for me, and I think um, for a lot of people based on the conversations that I've had with folks and that is like it's really helped to put a lot of stuff into perspective you know like why are we sweating the little stuff we have a lot of other bigger issues to be worrying about in this world other than whether or not you know our technology is perfect or the lighting just right or you know whatever it just makes it more real and authentic and wow like I think that's really amazing outcome yeah, well, we certainly saw where the inequities were, um, you know. when it Yes, of course, yes. like that. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of really terrible things that have come out of it as well. But, you know, just like anything, there is a light side and there is a dark side. Right. And, and, and you we know, have to experience both in order to appreciate the good yeah. stuff, right? Well, one of the things I think was, was you know, a, a benefit for you is that there were, I mean, tell me if this happened, that there were people who hadn't come into the studio before, but now were comfortable to do yoga in the comfort of their own home because of Zoom. Right. I've said, in a way, this has made yoga more accessible for more people, because if they don't want to have their camera on, they just want, they want the connection, right? It's different to do a live stream class and have somebody acknowledge you and say hi. And if you want to turn 
your camera on, even if it's just for a second, or if you want to be there with your camera on the whole time, there's a different connection that takes place than just watching a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with them. I watch them all the time, but um, yeah. And so if somebody's a little hesitant about yoga or worried about what their body looks like, or they can just give themselves permission to do whatever the heck they feel like doing, whew, I've done my job. Yeah. Giving them space to do what they want to do. Well, and so that's pretty cool about it as well. And then, you know, eventually if there's an opportunity to be in person, then, yeah. you know, they, they at least have that. So like a lot of the apprehensions, the discomfort, um, the, you know, the, sometimes we have this tendency of, of shaming our own bodies um, oh. because of, of everything. And so that we can kind of work through that in the privacy of our own home rather than having to do it in a group of, of, of folks who seem to be a lot more agile. Um, yeah, and if, if somebody has that experience at home where they're like, oh, okay, they're not trying to get me into some wacky pretzel shape. Mm -hmm. And, oh, and if they practice, you know, a few times and they feel good, <laughs> that might keep them coming back. Right. And, right. you know, so people come into the studio for a lot of different reasons. You know, there are many people out there that are like, no way, can't do Zoom, not for me. Mm -hmm. I get it. Like showing up someplace in a way, hold yourself accountable, right? Like, oh, I got to be to class at 12 o'clock or whatever. Like it's easier for people to put that accountability on themselves and have to show up than to just be in the comfort of their own homes. That, you know, that's the other thing that this whole pandemic has demonstrated to us, you know, talk about school age kids and showing us the difference there, like some kids are thriving in this environment and other kids are suffering a great deal. It just goes to show you like none of us are wired or built the same. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to find a way as a culture to try to accommodate more differences. And give access. Make sure that there's access in whatever way is comfortable for people. Exactly, yeah. Well, one of the things that I think was really unusual um, but maybe not so unusual is that you reevaluated your business model um, and you've got some folks that are really excited. Uh, and I remember the first text I got from you is, hey, this is what we're doing. What do you think? And so, you know, what did you conclude that you needed to do as kind of the next chapter in downtown desert yoga? Sure. Um part of it was the pandemic it just gave me time to pause and reevaluate and as i said this has been a very organic process and then i also hadn't started having conversations with people about you know sort of the future of ddy and lo and behold we had some similar ideas and so the idea was to start a nonprofit. And the reason that we decided to start a nonprofit is multifold. We are all really passionate about making wellness practices more accessible, right? So we can include yoga as part of that. There are a lot of different wellness practices that we can do that um, benefit us 
not only for our mind and our body, but it could be for financial awareness. It could be emotional well-being, you know, like go down the list, cultural awareness, awareness of our environment, you know, our built environment, our natural environment. And so we decided to start Desert Community Wellness. And it was very intentional on our part to take yoga out of the name so that it could encompass many more practices. We also felt like it might make us a little more accessible because then we're not just associated with yoga and that bendy, you know, pretzel practice that mm-hmm. people associate that word with. And um, we're super excited about it. So it's going to be a transition, an organic transition. Um, but Desert Community Wellness has been formed, and we are already reaching out to different organizations, building on the relationships that we have already built here at Downtown Desert Yoga so that we might take yoga into other communities if they're interested in having us. <laughs> well, and it's it's in addition to Downtown Desert Yoga. It's not replacing the business, right? Or maybe? Well, eventually it will replace it. Yeah, it'll be very organic. Um, You know, folks that come here to practice, like it won't look any different, won't feel any different, Um, but it might give us the opportunity to offer more um, classes that are free because, you know, we are tapping into funding sources from elsewhere. So we can make it more accessible to people that maybe not uh, couldn't afford it on a regular basis. But for our students that have been here with us for many, many years, like that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Like that's the beauty of this community. It's very diverse. And um, just having it all come together in a little bit different way feels really good. I don't know if that answered your question, but. <laughs> well, you know, people can't see this because it's audio, but the look on your face is just very, um, it's very content. That's mm. the look I'm getting from you is that it, it, where mm. this is for you is mm. like where it's supposed to be. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause there's this. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, that's what I'm noticing is just like, you're very like, this is this is the answer this is is where this needs to be and it's very it looks like it's a very comfortable place it is yeah so i just i want to acknowledge casey pena who is our board president is the one that piped up and said hey you know i've been thinking about doing this and i'm like funny you should mention that (laughs) let's talk and then deborah knapp who um Mm has been here in this community for many years as a program director, or um, I apologize, Debbie, I don't know the exact title of the dance program at NMSU actually has experience in the nonprofit world. Um, When she was in, I believe, Minnesota, and I apologize again for the details, but she had a nonprofit dance company and also a for-profit business. work beautifully so she's um advising us on that front and really man she's been hugely instrumental in helping us like get this thing launched and off the ground because it's a lot of work 
Yeah. Yeah. But you've got some fierce women supporting and all working together, which is just so yes. lovely to see. And now um, Dylan, Dylan Lichty is also on our board as well. And she's helping me out with the, the management, the day-to-day -day management of DDY and will help to make this transition fairly seamless as we shift into desert community wellness. How exciting. <laughs> And so one of the things, so I drive by your business um, when I'm out a couple times a week. And so you've got some changes happening. Yeah. And so, and I think I see the Colleen Boyd style um, <laughs> in that design, uh, just because I know your house. And so I totally see you in all of that. Tell me, tell me what's happening outside. Yeah. So we decided again, uh, due to the pandemic, we were like, oh my God, we live in New Mexico. We really have to have outdoor space. And so we are creating an outdoor space for us to practice yoga in and this is very much an homage to my father who was constantly saying Colleen you really need to create outdoor space <laughs> and so that feels really really good too um, but we wanted it to be enclosed and feel secure and comfortable and so it's a little fenced area that we've built that um, will accommodate, I don't know, anywhere from 12 to 16 or 18 people, um, depending on how cozy we want to be. <laughs> but, you know, it just makes sense, right? So a lot of people, even though things are opened up and people are vaccinated, there are a lot of people that don't feel comfortable being in an enclosed space. So being able to be outdoors is sort of the ideal situation and super excited about that <laughs> yeah it's it's perfect and it's coming along nicely uh the fencing is up so that's looking good um yes. and, and a shout out to my husband and son who have put a ton of sweat equity into it and i couldn't do it without them they're such good boys <laughs> keep, they're keepers keep them around well, Colleen, it is always a joy to talk with you, even uh, when we're talking about business and when we're not talking about business. But I'm so glad that you were here today on Homegrown Economies, and you know you're always welcome back. Thank you. Colleen Boyd is the owner and founder of Downtown Desert Yoga and also one of the founders of Desert Community Wellness. More information about the yoga studio can be found at downtowndesertyoga.com. If you'd like to learn more about Desert Community Wellness, just simply type that in, desertcommunitywellness.com. Thanks for joining us today on Homegrown Economies. We will come to you every two weeks or so with conversations with business owners, outdoor groups, leaders in the outdoor rec field, and more. More information about our schedule and the Green Chamber of Commerce can be found at localloscrucis.com forward slash homegrown. The music on this program is provided by local musician Randy Granger, a native flute player, guitarist, and one of the most talented on the hung drum, which is what you are hearing now. You can find out more about Randy at randygranger.com. That's it for this edition of Homegrown Economies. I'm Carrie Hamblin, the CEO and president of the Las Cruces Green Chamber. As we like to say at the Green Chamber, think local first and do what your mom always told you to do. Go play outside. Mm -hmm.